Good afternoon, everybody. This is Christ View versus Worldview, and welcome to another podcast. I look forward to spending time with you today. I hope we both learned something that we can take away and really use to know our Lord Jesus Christ better. He is saying that there are two kinds of freedom. There's a false sense of freedom, and then there's a true freedom. One produces slavery or bondage while we even think we're free, and that describes most of us. And then there is being in a position <clears throat> of sonship, which is what, and I say that S-O-N-S-H-I-P, that means belonging to the Lord, you're becoming a son. You're not a slave, you're a son. And <clears throat> that describes true freedom. As I was getting ready the other day to spend time with the Lord and be quiet and listen to Him and have Him teach me something and lead me and guide me in the right direction, He instructed me, I sensed in my spirit, to get on my knees, which I should do every day, but sometimes I don't. And there really is something to be said for getting on your knees. That posture puts your heart in a... in the humble place, which is always the best place to be when you're approaching Almighty God. It's just a gesture, an outside gesture, but it really does change the heart. And so it is important to kneel or prostrate yourself before spending time with Him. I have found numerous times. And He led me to a verse, and it's in Exodus 21. And the first few verses talk about a slave, or a Hebrew slave, which is really a servant. It's not a, a slave in what we think of today. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's um, used as, there's a term I learned, indentured servant, which means you can <clears throat> work for no compensation, or by the same token, you're getting compensated, but because of a debt that you've incurred, which is why you're now a servant and working your debt off, you are getting paid, but the payment that you're getting paid is to erase your debt. But in verse 5, it says, the, the, the man that's been in indentured servitude, in slavery, in servanthood, he says, I love my master. I will not go out free. And the Lord really impressed this on my heart. I had to know more, but I think I understood a little bit. But it put a big grin on my face. Let's go back and read the beginning of chapter 21. So, now these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, which actually is a servant, and actually is the word doulos in the Greek, even though we're reading from the Hebrew. And that does mean a slave, but it means... One who gives himself up to another's will. Those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. And lastly, it means devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. And that's the real thing we're talking about, okay? So, when you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years. And in the seventh year, he shall go out free for nothing. If he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife, and she bears him sons or daughters, 
the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he, the slave, shall go out alone. Verse 5, this is what we want to concentrate on. But if the slave plainly or clearly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, A-W-L, it's a tool, and he shall be his slave or his servant forever. Now, verse 25, I love my master, I will not go out as free. He is making a, a decision, a committed, a devoted decision to stay with master rather than go out and be free as he was before he came into the master's house. And that's important to know. You think, why would anybody do that? Well, we'll find out. Well, in doing this, I think there's a couple of terms we need to understand. So the, the relational and the contextual <clears throat> will find its right place. So free in this sense means free from slavery, as being a bond slave to man. Free from, bring, from among the spiritually dead, but being alive in Christ Jesus. Then we want to see what master means. And there's two words. One is Adon, and the other was Adone. Adone is God, the ultimate Lord. And the other one is a man's term, which also means Lord. But it also means someone that you subject yourself to. Someone you would call sir, or your boss, uh, an authority over you, or even a king, an earthly king. You would address as master or Lord in that way. Uh, we already mentioned what doulos meant. And, and that's important to know because, <clears throat> excuse me, the word slave or servant is not meant to conjure up what we may think of today as being a harsh time in our country's history where people were treated subhumanly and um, oftentimes were just used as slave labor as something that was free and they did the hardest things nobody wanted to do and the Israelites knew what that meant too. But we need to know that it's a servant. It's not that kind of a slave. It's a servant or a bond servant, meaning that you are where you are in service to another <clears throat> because you owe them a debt that you want to repay. And so you've been sold into his service, living under his household. And that's what we're talking about. So a slave in that sense, or doulos in the Greek, the, the Hebrew is ebed. It means a servant or a servant of man. A subject, I mean you're subjecting yourself to someone else's authority. It means worshippers of God. Uh, it could mean a prophet or a Levite in a special sense. Um, a servant of a household, and this is what we're talking about, as a people. Or a bond servant as an indentured servant, as we mentioned earlier. Now in 1 Corinthians 7.22, it says, For he who was called in the Lord as a bond servant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called on the Lord is now a bond servant of Christ. I see, it seems kind of paradoxical. What he means is, what he's saying is, in our perhaps modern lingo would be, for he who was called on the Lord, when you were called to join God's family, when you were, when the Lord was speaking to your heart through his Holy Spirit, to accept and subject yourself to his righteousness and his lordship over the universe so that you could be freed truly and have your sins forgiven and be 
washed clean so that you could be in heaven forever, which is the whole essence of God's rescuing us um, in Jesus' plan of salvation. So we don't have to go into hell when we die, but we can live eternally with God in peace and love and in harmony and everything else that he wanted and designed for us from the beginning of the world. It says, For he who was called on the Lord when he was a servant now becomes a free man in the Lord. And likewise, he who is free when he was called by the Lord is now a bondservant of Christ. So that's a little paradoxical, but I hope you understand. I hope the Lord will help you see what that means. So when you're called to Christ, when you're called to have your sins forgiven, when you're called to look at your life and say, do I want to continue in what I think is freedom, or do I want true freedom in the Lord? If I am a bondservant at the time this happens to me, and I give my life to Jesus, I desperately want my sins forgiven, I want to be washed clean, I want to be with him, I want to serve him, I want to be like him, I want to let... I want to lay down my life for him as he did for me. I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want to know that I have that now. And I'm a bondservant at the time that I come under his lordship. Then in him. But then it says, likewise, if I am truly free, so I think I'm still a slave to bondage, but I'm not a Hebrew slave. I'm not serving someone else in his household. If I'm free in that sense, when I'm called to turn my life over to Jesus. Then I become a bondservant of Jesus. Romans 6, 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that you who are once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of or to righteousness. Now, the words expressed in Exodus 25, I love my master, therefore I choose I will not go out free, are an indication of not only satisfaction and fulfillment in our creator and master. Like we talked about theos and kyrios, we talked about that before on numerous occasions. When he says, I love my master, I will not go out free. It's an indication of not only, not only satisfaction and fulfillment in our Creator and Master, but it's a settled decision to belong to Him, to follow Him, to serve Him and to be used by Him. And all of this is in calm joy. It reminds me very much of when our Lord Jesus was speaking to many so-called disciples of His. They couldn't grasp or accept what He was saying, and decided to fall away, to go back from following him to their old ways of life. So in John 6, verse 67, he turns to his disciples, his core disciples, his apostles, and asks them, Do you want to go out as well? And in the very next verse, Peter gives a response that shares the same content resolve as the servant in Exodus 21. He says plainly, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, the slave says, I love my master. I will not go out free. I will not go out, go out to my, go back to my old ways of life. I find my delight in you. And so Peter says plainly as well, he says, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We're going to follow you. We love you. 
Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? So he didn't know what it was, nor did he recognize it when he heard him and saw him in the person of Jesus standing right beside him. But the servant and the twelve disciples, all twelve at that time, not only knew him, Jesus, but devoted themselves to him and did so gladly, earnestly, and committedly. Their joy, as well as ours should be, was full. Jesus says this in John chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave or a servant to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, as we talked about before. He could go out as free when he finished paying off his debt. He says the slave does not remain in the house forever. He said, but the son remains forever. That means if you're just a slave and you're happy and you love your old life and your sin, you're going to go back to what you think is freedom, but it's really a sinful bondage bondage life. But it's the son who remains forever because he loves his master. Now, in Exodus 21, the man who was a slave while working to erase his debt now had a chance to go out free. Jesus indicates that the slave does not remain in the house. Had he left the house, he actually would have continued to be a slave, a non-family member, or an outsider, or a foreigner. However, that verse in Exodus 25 finishes by saying, I will not go out free. He is purposefully and intentionally and committedly making the choice to stay in the house. And Jesus finished in John 8.35 by saying, The Son remains forever. So by his decision to stay in the house, he's passed from being a slave and has now become a son. That's a huge difference relationally. One becomes a slave by following after sin. And that's his natural bent. Okay, Because he was born that way. He was that way from birth. We were born into sin. But one becomes a son by following after righteousness. And that's what Jesus called the second birth, or being born from above. And this isn't natural, but it is supernatural. Romans chapter 6, verses 16 and 17 say this. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves or servants, your slaves are the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves to righteousness. So the truth of the word here is to say that we are slaves, we are servants. But we're going to either enter into servanthood to sin, or servanthood to righteousness. We obey one or the other, even if we don't realize that's what we're doing. What is actually being explained here is that we are not absolutely free or autonomous like we think we are. We're free to choose what we think or what we do or what we say, but when we do these things, we'll be using the freedom to choose to submit to 
and obey either unrighteousness, which is sin, which leads to bondage and death, or righteousness, which is godliness and purity and perfect morality. So if we go back to 1 Corinthians 7.22, when it says, For he who is called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man in the Lord. Likewise, he who is free, not in debt, when he was called on the Lord, becomes a bondservant of Christ. We find that when or if we are drawn to a saving relationship with Christ, while we are indebted to a man and are as yet unfree from that bondage, we can simultaneously be free in Christ. Likewise, he says, if we are drawn to that same saving relationship in Christ as one who is already what we think is what we call free, as in not in servitude to another man, becomes now a servant of Christ. See, we're created beings. We're not the creators. We like to think we are, but we're not. So to be totally free, quote-unquote, or autonomous or independent is not ever really a place we find ourselves in. We can think we're free in the world, but we're serving ourselves and our lusts, our fleeting pleasures, and our sinful nature. And that's just truth. And that state finds us guilty before the Lord our judge. And those who are guilty are never truly free, right? Yes. But we who have been given ourselves, excuse me, but we who have given ourselves and our lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of our sins and be eternally saved, are free from sin and death and are seen as innocent before the judge because we love our master and have chosen to not go out as free. It's very paradoxical on the surface, I know. The answer to the seeming contradiction is how we perceive and understand the terms free and freedom. There is free, meaning it costs nothing. There's that kind of freedom. There's free, meaning no taxes, debts, or obligations need to be paid. That's another kind of being free. There is free, meaning autonomy, having the so-called freedom to govern yourself or control your own affairs. And that's what most of the world views as freedom. And that's what the man was turning his back on when he said, I love my master, I will not go out as free. He said, I'm not going to go back to that way of life. And when he responded, I love my master, I will not go out free. Okay, what he was doing is he understood fully well what it meant and what he was consenting and choosing to do. And then there's free meaning not under restraint or having a degree of liberty, having no cares or concerns, uh, being released or pardoned. So he, again, the servant, chose not to be free to go back into a life which offered a false and temporal and limited kind of freedom. He had lived that, and he saw that it ultimately led him to be in bondage and in debt. It was proven, and he experienced it. He saw it where it led him, and then it didn't give him any profit or gain from anything. He now chose a different kind of freedom. One that would be eternal, would be a much gain, a much profit to him, and one that would that could cause his burdens and cares and anxieties to go away. But it did involve 
not going out as free in the sense that everyone outside of the kingdom of God wants to dwell in and be a part of. They choose rebellion of God, and they call it freedom, rather than submission to God and finding out what true freedom is. Because we're born and in, in con, even conceived in sin, Psalm 51, David says this, we're brought into this world sinful, and we spend our lives continuing in sin. Sin brings us under the influence of the evil one, Satan, who the Bible calls the God of this world. See, we think we're free, but only in as much as that prison affords us. In other words, we think we're free, but we're really living in a place because of our sin that's under Satan's control and invites his influence into our lives and makes us limited in what we call freedom. So we're not living under the man's house anymore, but we are... We may not be servants anymore in that regard. We may not owe him anything, but we're walking out into what we call freedom, which is really just a prison, because it's limited. True freedom doesn't limit us in the sense that we can do whatever we want, say whatever we want. It means that kind of freedom chooses brings about death. Those who... Let me back up. I'm sorry, I lost my place. When we surrender to Jesus' authority, we lay our lives down to follow after and walk with and obey Him, the one who promises and sets us truly free under His lordship and kingship. We feel His great love for us. We are set free from sin. We receive His righteousness. We are judged by God as being blameless. And that's why we, like the servant in Exodus 21.5, can say, I love my master. I will not go out as free. I will not go back to my old ways, my old life. I've had my sin debt erased. I choose to remain with him. I was a slave and can choose to leave the house. But now I choose to be a son and to remain with him in his house. I have this, and I want this for you. Not limited freedom, not something that calls itself freedom, but true freedom. Right now you're in bondage. You're in indentured servanthood. When the time comes, if you ever get your debt paid off, which, by the way, you won't regarding sin... That's why you need to fall in love with the Master and decide to stay with Him and not go out as free. Because you have a choice to make. Will you choose that kind of freedom, which is false and temporal and leads to bondage and brings you in sin and leads to everlasting death? Or are you going to choose to stay with your Master because you love Him and know what true freedom is and be a son rather than a slave and be a servant to righteousness rather than a servant to unrighteousness and be cleaned, forgiven, washed of your sins and spend eternal life, eternity in God's presence. That's what you have to choose today. God bless you.